Hello and welcome to the Caution Period podcast. I'm Mike and I'm joined by Martin and Pete. Say hello, guys. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, um, yes, uh, and uh, we've been threatening to do a podcast for quite a while amongst ourselves. And given that we're all confined by uh, COVID-19, uh, we thought it was the perfect excuse to do that. Um, so here we are. Uh, obviously, all motorsport is cancelled. You might have noticed. Um, so we've been trying to find other creative ways to uh, indulge our interest in motorsport. Uh, so we've got a few of them. Um, obviously, the big thing that was cancelled uh, this week was the Melbourne Grand Prix, first uh, race of the Formula 1 season. And uh, so the episode is somewhat themed around that. Um, you'll see later. But I thought, first of all, we'd just do a quick introduction of ourselves. Uh, so I'll go first. Um, I'm Mike. Uh, I make dumb YouTube videos on the internet. Uh, about video games, but this is the first dumb YouTube video about motorsport specifically that I've made, I think. Oh no, wait, we filmed that, th- Martin and I filmed that thing in the Nürburgring, where we just dossed around at the Nürburgring 24 hours for... Oh, that was incredible. That was yeah. a hell of a weekend. Anyway, Martin, introduce yourself as well. Hello, I write dumb things about video games on the internet as well. You, you, mainly, as often as possible. you mainly review Animal Crossing, from what I can tell. That's been what you've been doing I... for the last month, right? Pretty much, it's a terrible job actually. Having put a hundred hours in Animal Crossing over the last month, mm. um, but yeah, that's me. And Pete, you live in America, right? I do live in America, and all I really do are watch Martin's videos on Animal Crossing. So. <laughs> um, but right. should we rebrand or? Um, but yeah, I mean, we can we could add a segment at the end, I guess. But but you also drive a late model stock car from time to time, right? From time to time, when yes. it's not either in pieces or being repaired or not even a race car it's just a collection of parts that may be the sum of which is a race car i don't know so which which is it at the moment right now actually it's a um it's a frame right with a roof on it okay and i don't we don't know if our engine is gonna blow up if we started it up okay so we don't know if we should either just start it up and blow it up or and see what happens (laughs) Or if we should give it to someone to check it first. I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it seems like the NASCAR approach, right? Yeah, exactly. This is a sport where they sent a guy out with a monkey in the cockpit once. Do you remember that story? Jocko. Or was it Flocko Jocko? Flocko Jocko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The NASCAR yeah. monkey. That's incredible. He, got, he ended his career because I think he got hypnotized by some, uh, some hubs at some point and was just so entranced by them. He'd <laughs> oh, oh, did he jump into the wheel well or something? He had a little trapdoor, right? Didn't he, or something? Am he I did have something this? about that. I remember. Something about that. <laughs> Should have researched this before I mentioned it on a motorsport podcast. Anyway, I thought what we could do, at least for the first sort of ten minutes or so, is chat a bit about the news because there's been a lot of news relating to motorsport, kind of happening every single day. Uh, the biggest one uh, today, as we record this, is that Monaco has been cancelled for the first time since 1954. Was it cancelled or just postponed? Cancelled, because like fully cancelled. They've actually just. Yep. I guess because of logistics around that, you can't. It's not. It's not the one of the ones you can just kind of slip into another weekend because of yeah. shutting down a town. Mm-hmm. Well, is, yeah. so I just to stop you right there. I'm reading my. <laughs> well, this is an email from newsletter at fans.formula1.com, and right. it says, in view of the, and this was, I got this five hours ago. Mm. In view of the continued global spread of COVID-19 after ongoing discussion with the FAA and the three promoters. It has today been confirmed that the Formula 1 Heineken Dutch Grand Prix 2020, Formula 1 Grand Premio de Spagna 2020, and Formula 1 Grand Prix de Monaco 2020 will be postponed. 
Mm, I, I, what I read was that it, it's done. It's cancelled. It's, it's. Well, that I'm would sure be sensible, been, right? Sure, yeah, <laughs> I think it would be sensible to cancel the Spanish Grand Prix because it's really boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel true. like I feel like Monaco is the safest place to have a Grand Prix because no one lives there. Like everyone true. just has people that they pay to go and turn their lights on and off so they can avoid tax, right? Is that not how Monaco? Well, they do works? live there, but they're just kind of just buzzing around in their cars, aren't they? At that, at that exact point of the Grand Prix. So yeah, it's true. Um, I'm sad about Monaco, right? Like, Monaco weekend has always been my kind of, like, motorsport Christmas. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's Monaco, it's usually the Indy 500 the same day, and we've occasionally, and as was going to be the case this year, had the Nürburgring 24 hours that same weekend as well. So it's just basically, like, just, like, feeding it directly into your veins, basically. So it's going to be a real shame that those aren't happening. Yeah, honestly, it's a yeah. toss-up between that weekend and, the, and this one just, just gone, to be honest. Mm. Especially because we were going to have like the start of like the Sebring testing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sebring's supposed to be this coming weekend as we record this. Um, yeah, WRC Mexico still happened though. And then I saw that Seb Ogier was like, we shouldn't have done this. It was a terrible idea, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and he, like, spoiler alert, he won the rally and he was still saying they shouldn't have run it. So that's pretty bad news. I've not watched it yet, but. Um, I haven't seen it. Because I, I, I just kind of assumed. After Friday, I just assumed there'd be no motor racing on, so I didn't even mm. seek out anything because of it was common sense for everything to be cancelled. Yeah, was was Mexico the one where um, Ot Tanak drove into a lake and then yes. still finished the rally? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he did. He still finish the rally? Well, he I, they fixed his on car. The... <laughs> but it, they got, it was like the Super Saturday, uh, or whatever. Yeah, it was oh, it, Super whatever Rally or it. Rally yeah, Two, whatever rally, they call yeah. it. That was an amazing clip, but also terrifying. I can't think of much more scary than like being in a rally car strapped in and sinking beneath a load of water seems horrible. well like, either that or being in a nascar with a monkey yeah um so what else have we been up to this isn't really like a a, a full thing but um we did that uh there's a i think it was the race which are a new like motorsport publication which is kind of nice to see although they picked the absolute worst time to launch uh because there's literally nothing to talk about um Although we'll try, we'll try. Um, they put together, they've been putting together a lot of quite cool stuff to kind of keep people distracted. And one of those things was like a quiz about the F1 drivers that debuted in the 1990s. And there were 58 of them. And I scored 19. And I looked at the results afterwards and I felt pretty good about that, actually. There was only a few that I sort of kicked myself for not including. But um, the, my, my two favourites was I got the Tyrrell drivers from... 1998, which were uh, Tora Takagi and Ricardo Rossett. Those are so random. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe... They're the only ones I would have got, I think. I would have absolutely appallingly. Do, do you ever do like the Autosport Christmas... Oh, um, the one that Henry Hope Frost as well. used to put together. It was so yeah. difficult. Yeah, it was really, It was really unbelievably difficult. It would be things like who finished sixth in the Formula Ford Festival in 1978. And you'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> just like, there's no chance I'm getting any of it. Do you reckon yeah, they but... just compiled it over the course of the year? And it was every time someone like pushed their glasses up in the office and went, uh, actually, you'll find it's this. <laughs> so, like, That's the question for the Christmas quiz. Um, yeah, RIP Henry Hope Frost, obviously. It's been like, but... has it been two years? No, a year since uh, A year, since yeah. Passed away. That's sad. But mine, you, you, didn't, you didn't do the quiz, did you? No, because of I'm really precious about my motorsport knowledge, I pride myself on knowing loads well, about them shit. Well, the thing is, what makes it... And then it... when I saw it, it's like, no, I should not be shamed by, like, because I couldn't get, like, the first four. Yeah. What makes it easier, though, is that you can just... It, you just type names in, and it will, it will add them where it yeah. where where they apply. So, like, 
I have to admit, I did type in Hamilton. <laughs> I was just running out of names. I was right. just thinking any Formula One driver I could think of. I was, I was, I was jamming it in there. It's being, able think... to, it's being able to spell them that was a nightmare. I've got, I've, I'm sure I've got my results on my phone. Um, but yeah, like being able to remember how to spell a load of these names. I have, I have your result when I knew actually. Was Grilliard? Grilliard's a hard one to spell. Was he one of them? Well, was he like he must have been late 80s? I didn't guess him, so no. <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know whether he was on the list or not, but um let me find my Yeah. I think hold on, I, there was one that I thought was pretty impressive that mm. you got. Well, I can't believe I didn't get Mark Blundell. Was a... Yeah, Mark Blundell was a bit of a shot in the dark. I, I was sort of like, he, he felt like in the 80s he was dicking around <laughs> at um, Le Mans. So I was like, he's probably a good punt. And I got like, him. Ricardo Rossi. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How know. could you forget Rossi? <laughs> no, I, I mean, just ask me. I forgot him. But your your dad's company literally sponsored the car he was driving in. <laughs> like, I don't know how much closer to yeah. Tyrrell in 1998. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm, not, I'm not proud of that one. Um, <laughs> Um, I can't. I can't find it. But um, I, the ones I missed out were Mikasalo. Couldn't believe yeah. I, I missed that one out. And um, uh, Jos Verstappen. Right. I mean, I should have got Jos the boss. Surely. I, the one was Mikasalo. Was he Mikasalo ninety eight or no? Was it before that? 90, yeah, it was before that. Ninety four. Was it ninety four? There yeah. you go. Mm. But I. That's the thing. The only ones I. I I got all the ones that had over a hundred races, other than Pedro de la Rosa. Yeah, De La Rosa is like the stealth one because he did. He was like, he ended up in the McLaren for a while, didn't he? In yeah. like the early, he took over Montoya's uh, seat when Montoya had his uh, tennis accident oh, yeah. and fell off his motorbike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so that must be. I like would have thought. I would have thought Montoya would have got more hurt playing tennis too. <laughs> 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 um, oh, I love Montoya. He's my absolute favourite. Like absolutely, he's the best. He is so, and he's like, uh, he won, he won a um, uh, esport race. Did he? Uh, about two or three weeks ago, and it was um, it was quite funny because it was like, it was it was a fairly big race. And they got a, quite, a, quite a, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, and they got quite a few big sim racing names. Mm. There, but Montoya actually just rocked up and just like beat all the sim races, which is not a, not a, like a, it's quite a feat. Yeah, he did. He's done a bit of the Gran Turismo, like when they do like a celebrity race during the Gran Turismo Championship weekends and stuff. And he's pretty handy. Like, I guess it never really goes away. And also, he, you know, he is still actively... Part- Everyone thinks he's, like, a retired Formula 1 driver. He's still, like, actively participating in sports car racing. He's, like... Yeah. Not, I wouldn't say top of his game, but, like, not far off. No, he bosses it. He bosses it in... Uh, when, in when I see him in IMSA, mm. when he, put, he puts his stints in, he's pretty quick. Yeah, so he's, pretty he's handy. good. He's good. Was, did he ever do Racer Champions? Because I bet he would have been good so. at those. Because he's always been pretty Euro. like versatile, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the best thing Montoya's ever done was that Champ Car qualifying lap at was it Detroit or Portland or something like that. Ah, oh, when he broke his or he was like his wheel. Rim. Yeah, clipped his wheel on the concrete wall. I think it was Detroit Belle Isle. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> I thought it was quite impressive when his car set alight when he uh, drove it into the fire truck as well. That was one of the best. That actually ever. that was amazing as well. Yeah, he drove his NASCAR into the back of one of those jet dryers, which is like. <laughs> Again, so uniquely NASCAR. There was probably a monkey driving the jet dryer, and then Montoya <laughs> drove into the back of it. Um, that was an astonishing accident because the cameras didn't quite catch it, and you just saw this like ball of flame. Uh, but yeah, he, Montoya won in NASCAR as well. He won at um, Infineon or whatever they call it, Sears Point. 
Oh yeah. See, that's impressive because you get a lot of like uh, F1 drivers. Obviously, um, Raikkonen was there for a short while. As well, yeah. And it's really hard to translate. Remember, his um, car was sponsored by Perky Jerky. It's <laughs> 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 just like Raikkonen looking like Kimi Raikkonen wearing this Perky Jerky sort of T-shirt or race suit. It's amazing. But he was like pretty anonymous in NASCAR, wasn't he? I don't, I don't follow NASCAR as much as you. Oh guys. yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think Kimi. I think the only race he wanted to do was the 500, and I don't think he qualified or if. Yeah, he can't have qualified. You'd remember if he was in a in a Daytona 500. So he won the champion of champions in 2017. Montoya, the, ra- the race of champions. Yeah. Oh right, so he has been in it. But haven't they started doing it in like? I don't, Barbados I don't remember that. I don't because they used to do the race of champions in like Europe, and they did it in the Stade de France, and they did it in at Wembley, I guess. Um, they did it in the UK. Uh, and then they've moved it to some other place and it never seems to get like televised anymore and it's I don't know whether they've changed the format or whatever. We need to get him in a Ginetta. Get him yeah. a, get him to Le Mans. <laughs> <laughs> well Le Mans's been postponed as well. September Le Mans now. They'll just so have a back they'll have a back to back in, in mm-hmm. June next year of twenty twenty. The, the, the five the um the five hundred hasn't been postponed yet, has it? The Indy five hundred. Indy five hundred, yeah. No, but can we can we really Surely see it happening? Like what do you reckon? Isn't it like which isn't it the also in terms like the biggest uh, attendance at any sports a single sports event in the world? Yeah, it's like nearly it's pushing on half a million people in that small stadium and like guaranteed at least one happens, has that's a COVID-19. Bad, yeah, that's some yeah. sneezes. Like that's a bad idea. All right. Well, so the point of this podcast ostensibly is to find like interesting things to indulge your sort of passion for motorsport uh, while there's none of it on. Um, so one of the things we did was we so. Pete, explain how the F1 app thing works, and it's got full races on it, right? Well, yeah. Firstly, I think I have to. I may be responsible for the Formula One season being um, affected like it has been because you're the head vampire of coronavirus. (laughs) Not quite, but I did sign up for the whole season of the F1 app before the season started, so I think I jinxed it from the get go. You know, they're not giving you a refund for that. (laughs) There's no way. Well, in actual fact, mate, it's for. For the amount it costs, the amount of content on there is is pretty good. So, mm. um, but it's not arranged in a very easy to follow way. So you can go through like each season back to like I think it was what nineteen eighty one, right? Um, but not all the races are there, and most of them are uh, like in review kind of highlight packages. Mm. Some of them have full races, and then some of them have this um, like a they nominate them as being like a F1's own great race thing. So I was right. trying to figure out if we go, we're going to try and substitute some races. Obviously, we're trying to figure out what we've got for material mm. first. So you made a and there's a lot there. You made a. I just haven't finished. My eyes start bleeding, <laughs> and uh, like it's and also that it's as you get obviously the newer races, the newer seasons. There's more, um, there's more material. So more mm. of the races have, have full coverage. And just when you think, oh, you know, I got through the whole of the 2011 season with like intact coverage, so maybe I don't have to start each race to see if there's commentating or not in this one. <laughs> and then there'll be a random one that pops up with German commentary. <laughs> and you're like, what? Or sometimes it's a comms, it's a comms team, hasn't it? Is it like is it classic Murray Walker James Hunt? Yeah, it's actually all the stuff that I remember from being a kid. Like, so it's all the yeah, it's all the basically the UK coverage. Even when it transitioned to ITV and then to Sky Sports, so mm. um, the coverage—I mean, it's 
all seems really, really good, except when it, yeah, only because I'm not a German speaker. I don't follow the German coverage as, mm. you know, as, as easily as the English one. Or when their audio just breaks all together and it's just a three second <laughs> loop of audio the entire th- way through, which is that's quite also odd. challenging, I guess. I love. I want. I quite want. So I quite want to watch the um, some of the old uh, James Hunt ones as well, because apparently there's a point. I never knew this as a kid, but someone told me there's a point in most uh, most races where James Hunt marks he's going to kind of have a look at the other side of the track, and that basically means he's going <laughs> to have a big split, <laughs> and then he'd come back, and his commentary would be much more like relaxed, laconic. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I love their combination of like Murray Walker going ballistic. So Murray would be like, "Oh my God, he's been, you know, he's crashed, blah blah,", blah. and then James Hunt's like. Yes, he's been very naughty. I can't believe he's driven into that person. It's very bad of him, and he really should take a look at himself. (laughs) And he was wearing flip-flops in a commentary booth. Can you imagine how bad the feet smell would have been? I think there's probably quite a lot of just his general appearance, and just a lot of it would have upset Murray Walker on so many levels. Yes, I can imagine. The stench of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been brilliant, they were a great combo. They were a great combo. So uh, the race we watched uh, this week uh, to keep with the Australian Grand Prix theme was the 1986 Australian Grand Prix, made famous, spoiler alert, by the fact that Mansell's tyre explodes, uh, costing him the world championship, right? Yes. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty good race in general, though, right? Like, all I remember from it was the ex- the tyre explosion, um, but actually, it's it's a pretty decent race. It kind of settles in the middle, but the first few laps are like the first ten or twenty laps are pretty hectic, and the cars are always really, really close to each other, which is something you sort of forget was ever a thing watching modern Formula One. Well, yeah, the sort of cars move around so much as well, which mm. is one of the things I absolutely love about watching it. It's just you can just see so much raw. I've seen it just it's just a lot less aero, a lot less effect, and there's a lot more mechanical grip and everything. But it's just the way these things move around. It's just terrifying. Mm. I think and um, the cars the cars looked to me pretty chonky, didn't they? Yeah. I mean they're not they're not lightweight, nimble machines, are they? Well that's the thing. They when, look like they're, when, they're quite a handful. When Mansell's trying to like keep hold of that car when the tires exploded, he's like properly wrestling with it. You know, he's like wrenching the wheel around and trying to keep this thing from going into the wall. Someone pointed out to him later, apparently, uh, that if he'd just gone into the wall and they'd red flagged the, the entire session because his car had gone everywhere, um, he probably would have been made uh, world champion because they would have only awarded half points. So he kind of wishes he'd sacked it, apparently. Yeah, hindsight 2020, I guess. Yeah, I made made some notes, um, because I'm a professional, obviously. Um, Yeah, so a couple of things that I noticed. um, One of them was that uh, Mansell absolutely bottles it on that one. Like, he really, really messes it up, like... All the chat. So I've got the I've got the original BBC like VHS coverage basically, and um, it starts out and it's just the classic thing that they do whenever like Hamilton's on for a championship is that it's all like all the coverage is just like Mansell, you know, he's going to be world champion, blah blah blah. So the build up was like completely bonkers, which is why it was so dramatic when he when he sort of retired. But um, yeah, I the other thing that kind of struck me um, was that this was like Rosberg's final race, and I didn't. I didn't realise he'd retired so early in the 80s. Like, 1986 is mid 
mid 80s basically like father like son basically yeah basically yeah absolute bottler he quitted um but <laughs> he went on to because he went did he go straight to dtm after that and dtm and then he was in the Peugeot, wasn't he um le mans uh yes yeah yeah, yeah. maybe he did le mans first because he was in dtm in the 90s still like in 92 okay. so probably that was like a later period um that 1992 season of DTM as a sidebar is incredible and probably I'll find an excuse for us to talk about it at some point soon um the other thing about the BBC coverage is that they had Frank Williams in the studio like with Steve Ryder so they sort of cut to Frank Williams after Mansell's gone out and he's like yeah well you know it looks like his tire's gone so um yeah okay (laughs) he does not seem like at all bothered but uh yeah it's like I'm just gonna go and throw these tacks onto the track real quick I'll be back in a minute <laughs> See if I can catch anyone else. <laughs> but had he just had his? Was it 1986? His accident? that would have been. I think the summer of 86 was his accident, and so I guess that's why he wasn't traveling. Yeah, so yeah, much yeah. Then. yeah. But it was just. Weird oh wow! I didn't realize it was that year. Yeah, I think so. I think 86 sounds about right, and he was sort of coming back from Ricard uh, testing. Yeah. But the the thing about it is that they, looking back and having watched the whole race again, I, I sort of I remember the iconic clip of the tire exploding, but I hadn't really like seen the build-up and it was really interesting to watch the whole race kind of evolve and the reason the tire exploded was because they were gambling on tires you know they were running them far too long um because man i guess because mansell had had a, a shocking start they were just leaving him out and hoping that he'd be able to run the tires to the end but like but you know, at, no one at that point there. would he not have just been able to come in and like because they'd had other tire failures before that right there wasn't i can't remember if mansell was the first tire issue um, I think Rosberg's tire exploded first, and he retired from the lead. And then, like as they were sort of picking up the pieces of that, um, then Mansell's one went as well. So, but this was so this was like this how it happened at the peak of the um, Mansell PK kind of yeah maybe not the peak, but this was the real like one of the horror seasons for them um, when those two were just at each other's throats the whole time yeah. and just absolutely hate each other. I'm, and also, PK called Mansell's wife ugly uh, in an interview as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I don't think that went down that well with Nigel. No. Um, and so they were just like at each other's throats all, um, all year, and they just kept taking points of each other, which kind of meant that this ridiculous situation happened. It's almost, it's kind of like, um, I was going to say Rosberg Hamilton, but then no other team came in. Like, more, like Hamilton Alonso, I guess. Right. Uh, in 2007. It's real it was real like bad blood. Just, Real, yeah, real bad blood, and they were just at each other the whole time, and it resulted in the team kind of imploding around them, yeah. which I guess is why high-pressure mistakes are made when it comes to tyre calls races like that. Yeah. So um, how soon after 87, 86 finished did Mansell move to Ferrari? He didn't go until uh, it was like 89. 89, um, right. But he... Uh, PK had another season in 87, then PK went to Lotus. What? Um, what? And then, so that kind of calmed things down. Oh, I see. What was the year when they had that massive ding-dong at um, Silverstone, that amazing race where they were just... 87, when he did, when he did the dummy on the bottom of the hangar straight. so good. And, yeah. It's so, so good. Because um, that was like, I think, yeah, he was chasing him down as well. I think, if I recall, like, uh, he had like a late pit stop and then had to just chase, um, hunt PK down and then did a ridiculous rate and we did the most outrageous move. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant race. Um, the other thing, uh, so the thing that amazed me about the Rosberg thing was that it was his retirement race and he spent most of it leading. Like, it was only the tyre failure that meant that Prost won that race. Um, and he, he put in a banging performance. It made me think, why was he retiring? But then again, like you say, like father, like son, right? Um, 
you know, leaving basically, if not at the top of your game, then very close to it. By the way, I'm just just looking at the uh, the database of races we have, and we have the 87 British Grand Prix soon. Nice. Oh yes, please. Very good. Well, when we get to July and we're still cancelling races, we can chat about that instead. But yeah, so <laughs> in in terms of the, uh, not that I'm a pessimist or anything, um, but. In terms of the, the tyre stuff, so Prost, who eventually won the race, had had pitted and had changed tyres. And they just I don't think they had time to bring Mansell in and bring him back out in front of Prost, basically, even when Rosberg retired. So, yeah, and, and Mansell was like, I think he needed a third or a fourth to, to take the championship. And he was around that that sort of area and hadn't, hadn't pitted. So they had to gamble, I guess, basically. Um but yeah, like Murray was like, I'm mystified as to why Williams haven't changed tyres yet. And it proves uh, proves the point. The other thing, well, the other thing about Murray is that he keeps referring to Prost as the little Frenchman, which I think is <laughs> yeah, like, I fab- fabulously condescending. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Murray to bits, obviously, but um, it was just really funny to, like, multiple occasions refers to Prost as the little Frenchman. I mean, no racing drivers at all, you know. I think he's making weird allusions to Napoleon when he's doing that. I think really? that was the yeah. idea. Yeah. Oh wow. So I have a I have a little question for you, for you guys because I noticed that um, so I was watching with a friend of mine who's only been used to watching Formula One from like the last sort of couple of seasons, mm. and I said, "No, have a look next time they pit, just how fast they go down pit lane." Yeah. Right. And so this was like pre pit lane speed meter, yeah. right? And um, do you know when? How much later? They put in the, the the regulation for that. This is a good. Until 94, 95, was it? I thought it came in. I thought it came in for the ninety four thing because of um, and obviously in Imola that weekend, uh, amongst all the terrible things that happened, one of the tires bounced down the thing and broke a mechanic's leg. I thought that's. Yeah, you're right. It's ninety four, but can you believe that? Like, it's like, <laughs> it take that you long. were driving like at full chat down pit lane. Yeah, and. It, and on top of that, like this is like the main thing I got out of this race, other than the fact that, yeah, the cars being pretty chonky, but the um, <laughs> the mm. fact that and their GoPro cameras are massive. Mm. They need to work on them. <laughs> um, but the um, the the safety in general was just mind blowing. Like well, I know we've to... seen we've seen all the pictures before of like the guys with their hot pants on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the shorts. Yeah, do, just doing like the pit lanes, uh, the pit stops and stuff, but. On top of that, the pit lane speed limit was crazy, and people just standing all along pit lane too. Mm. It's, you're driving; it's like an, a Group B rally stage at that point. Yeah, it had a real um, like club racing vibe. Like it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird that even within our lifetime, like um, F1 was this kind of clubby. It didn't really feel like anyone was looking at what they were doing, and they were just like, you know, fine, whatever. You know, no speed limits, no uh, trousers required in pit lane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should bring that back. But also, none of it. You would have thought just for like the the mechanics, like are taking tires off the car. Obviously, they're wearing gloves. Yeah, but they're kneeling on the ground, mm. and they're not wear like he's wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah, like, what's wrong with you? Like, that... That's got to hurt. But they yeah. not think I'm gonna get some. <laughs> I'm gonna put some trousers on today, lads. <laughs> but it's like it's like just balancing it. If you're in a really hot country, you know you'll take that risk maybe yeah. because you want ventilation around your undercarriage. Um, <laughs> another interesting like stato nerdy thing um, that I picked up was uh, so Prost won the championship, obviously, um, and they mentioned in the commentary that it was the first back-to-back championship 
since Jack Brabham in the 50s. Right, so, like, back-to-back championships are just Formula One now, right? That's just sort of how it goes. It's like... It's how we do it. Yeah. It's like Vettel had a bunch of back-to-back championships. Doesn't count if you only win one. Yeah. Wolfsburg. The idea that they could have gone from the 50s to the mid-80s without anyone winning two consecutive championships, I find astonishing. Things used to just change so much more than um, like yes, because we just you didn't like the concept of drivers staying with a team for as long as someone like Hamilton stayed with Mercedes or stuff like that, or um, or drivers sticking around as long as Raikkonen did. It didn't seem to happen so much then. Mm. Also, I think much it, more chopping changing. Was it also? I mean, a couple of things. One thing that's surprising is that it was also back in those days you wouldn't necessarily have one car for a year, right? You'd, it, your your car would be developed across a course of a couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. you would have thought there would be some consistency in your kind of domination. But also, I think they didn't really understand physics, right? <laughs> <That's true>. so, <laughs> Basically. So, like, someone would be like, hey, if you make this uppy downy thing go side to side instead, you go way, way quicker. And then everyone else is like, oh, shoot. So, like, a year that, later. I didn't, can you dumb that up? Was that a technical talk? I didn't yeah, understand it is, that. Yeah, That's straight out of Mil- Milliken and Milliken, and Milliken or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, if you spend some time around the NASCAR stuff, you just figure it all out. But, uh, <laughs> but the um, other thing I noticed was like, it, um, you know how obviously we've had a lot of like issues the past few years with um, some pretty tragic events, like you know hmm. um, Japan a few years ago, yeah, and, Jules, you know, with people not following say you know yellow flag rules and things mm. like that. But like. They're not even pulling the cars off the track. Yeah, like, one Nanini's of them was sitting car on the apex. Was, yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, it's pretty much off the track. <laughs> and it, the good thing is if someone hits it now, it will knock it clean off. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Senna pulled off, yeah. notice how like he was just, he was more interested in standing behind the car, figuring out what had gone wrong. Yeah. And was only like three or four feet away from cars going, you know, wide open past him. He's it, like, it seems crazy now. Definitely. Um, that that car on the apex that they just left there for the half the Grand Prix. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? What but is they were, happening? While they were trying to figure it out too, you could tell like, there's probably someone at race control being like, can someone at turn three move Nanini's car please? And it's like, right. So he goes out and he's trying to move it over like by hand basically. Yeah. And eventually he's like, I'm going to die if I keep doing this. So it's just like, no, I'm, that's as good as I can do guys. And they're not going to stop the race, are yeah. they? No, no chance. No yeah, it's it was it was bonkers. Unlike they've got a safety car, but they don't ever seem to use it really. Do you think it wouldn't start? Was it like a Fiat Panda then or something? Probably. Yeah. Car, so, yeah. I saw um I saw a clip from uh, Brands in the oh, what year was it? Might have been the same year. Yeah, it must have been the same year. It was it was in the preamble that showed all the races that had happened in '86 up to um up to the Melbourne, you know season finale and um the medical car at brands hatch was a ford sierra cosworth and it looked amazing (laughs) so the entire f1 field goes off and then the medical car behind it is this like white cozy basically absolutely awesome um other stuff i noticed was that the did you see that there's like an onboard in one of the lola fords and the dashboard looked like a fighter plane it was just all like analog dials but like stacked up on top of each other yeah they've been like oh we, we forgot the rev counter 
Yeah, but <laughs> like, everything else like got... map timing stuff had only been invented like yeah, after we... the re- the car had been designed. Stick I think that they still the had side. cigarette. They still had cigarette lighters on them, probably. Must have, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. yeah, just just put in, just so you can light light a ghoul while while you're driving around. I, I can only assume all the dials were like the time in like London, New York, and Paris and Tokyo, because <laughs> <laughs> there's just no need for that much stuff. Um, I think probably there was. The, I, I guarantee you there was a fuel gauge, right? That stopped working in like summer of 85 yeah and they just start, shoved another one next door to it well i've told <laughs> i've told you about the fuel gauge in my Ginetta, the g40 it's just like it's slammed to zero all the time so you never know what you've got in and if it moves at all it just sort of like wavers around like it's being manipulated by like a friendly poltergeist and it's like worse than useless because you might uh, actually look at it and expect to garner some kind of information it might as and well we be... wonder why they yeah. can't get the, the lmp1 car to <laughs> can't keep the wheels on. <laughs> yeah that's, that's a fundamental thing you need on a kind of endurance car like, how much petrol you got yeah. in there it's like guys yeah. just flicking it it's, yeah. it's, it's not doing anything <laughs> but i talked to one of the engineers and he was like they're not like the fuel sensor in those like tanks are not cheap they're not cheap parts but they all fail within like six months so well, that's a genetic promise, isn't it? I think that's what really <laughs> like, This will fail within the next oh, six, no, months. Months, that's six months. Six months is fine. They just need to get 24 hours. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> They're trying their best. They're trying their best. They um, do they... make a good brew, though. <laughs> they do. Yes, having had a, uh, a cup of Yorkshire tea in the pits at Le Mans to uh, help with my phenomenal hangover that I had that day. I had the worst God. hangover I've ever had in my life. I'm a, just actually, just just thinking about that hangover. I'm just looking at that beer, thinking I don't. I just don't remember that it, now. Yeah. I never. Yeah, well, I, that I was, clearly haven't oh learned my, my lesson. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a big bottle of Lefe mm. as well. I've worked out that this is the exact right amount of Lefe to make me really happy. So if I just drink this, <laughs> I feel great. Also, how are you dealing with this whole confinement thing? This is the only way I'm getting through the day, mate. I'm like my midlife crisis is just peaking. If you look behind me, there's just like drum machines and all this sorts of bizarre stuff I do not need which I promised myself I'm going to learn how to play well, we are we are definitely, definitely uh, adhering to the cliche in that we've started literally started a podcast during this thing um, <laughs> yeah no but to be, it, it, to be it's very pretty saturated yeah it is yeah it's the worst possible time but to be fair we've been talking about doing this for years anyway so that's enough about the 1986 Australian Grand Prix if you have the F1 app it's really good you should definitely check it out it's a good race and if anyone wants access to my database of races, <laughs> yes, we can make that public. If people, if, if they, if they end up changing that date, that their list of races at any point, I'm just going to give Your up. Stuff, yeah. Um, they might, <laughs> what if they turn them all to German commentary? What yeah. are you going to do? Then? I guess I have to learn German. It's yeah. fine. I mean, I, I reckon it wouldn't be too hard. It's probably one of the best ways to learn another language. Actually, mm. I actually have watched some because I'm a, a painful, painful nerd. I've watched some of the um, races for the. FIA European GT4 series are basically it's the French GT um, so all the commentary is in the commentary for the really good races is all in French so like Poe and Dijon and things like that so I've ended up watching it aren't they types of mustard yeah Dijon, Dijon Prenois <laughs> mustard um, I love French commentary though for just like being at Le Mans just seeing the French guy but then yeah also, you're just also always waiting for that English guy who seems to be doing English commentary at Le Mans for like you get, since 1920 or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wasn't it wasn't it Bob Constantinus who used to do that? Like, do the do the hourly updates in English across the tannoy for the British fans? When you're at the track now, it sounds like Lord Hawhorn when you're at the track yeah. now. I don't think. Yeah, well, that's, that's all. Crazy. That's all motorsport tracks I commentate. As you go to brands and they're like, rah, 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 
Oh, that was Brian. That was Brian Jones. Bless him. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely remember Constantius being on that. You know that documentary with um, Guy Edwards and Alan Decadenay. Like yes. definitely, which is one of the great, great motorsport documentaries because it has it has the best. The, sorry, but Le Mans, yeah, go on. it has Alan Decadenay talking about his car. Basically, wait, what is this? I oh, I was going to talk about the uh, the night montage. Oh, it's yes. got Alan Decadenay talking about his car, but also it's got so every Le Mans uh, in like around the eighties, every Le Mans review. Um, because of night filming wasn't such a thing they always have to do instead of showing you racing at night they show a terrible montage of the fairgrounds yeah. and in the in, I think in the Decadne year it's sleazy as anything well, isn't it wait year, what, is, what the... is this I need, to, I need to find what this is I'll send you what, a link there's like naked there's like naked girls in cages I think or did I no yeah, there is I think there's definitely naked girls but there's also isn't there like a circus freak show type thing isn't that the, yes. isn't that the really weird thing about that year is that they've got like a kind of one of those old school sort of circus freak show types things like super exploitative what on earth are we talking about? i reached down to grab another beer and now we're talking about <laughs> well no, it's about you've got you've got a nurburgring review uh, like review which uh nurburgring 24 review which i'm sure starts, starts with, with a penis a yeah the german man's penis yeah it's a guy in the shower that's another amazing like uh video we'll get to all this stuff i'm sure in in the future but pete i will send you that documentary it's incredible please do um and the penis, if you want, uh, as well. Um, Why not? One of the other things that uh, we have been watching as well uh, is the... Well, certainly I was watching. So, uh, cobbled together at the last minute uh, to replace the uh, Melbourne Grand Prix were a bunch of... Well, a couple of eSports races starring actual your actual Formula One drivers, among others. So, uh, the first one was organised by, um, by The Race, which is this new publication. Um, and was on Off Actor 2 uh, and featured Max Verstappen driving their sort of pretend 2012 era Formula 1 car, I want to say. I think it was, it was pre, pre-Dicknose and yeah. pre-Stepnose as well. I think, I think yeah, yeah, it looks like it looks like. I think it's like, yeah, high yeah. nose but flat and then, um, yeah. I think, I think it was, it looked, it looked 2012-ish to me. Um, it was like, it was a decent, decent race. I think, you know, obviously the the sim races won. I think that's always going to be the case, really, uh, just because they're so sort of plugged in. But it was a, a good old fight, some good good battles and stuff. I love that build-up, too. I mean, it's, I think it's worth mentioning, like, the heat race thing mm. with, like, the pro races in one, the esports races in another, yeah. and then <clears throat> that open time trial, open invitation stuff. I mean, I... I was really excited to see who was going to come out on top of all that stuff because it yeah yeah and those guys that that qualified through the open time trial they, they were quick like the the real life one drivers were pretty good apart from bless him Paul O'Neill uh, BTCC driver Paul O'Neill who as far as I can tell was just like this sounds like a laugh can I have a go uh, and was like tugging around at the back got that was side. brilliant that was exactly what I would expect the BTCC guy to he's probably got like a an old school like. You know, the original Thrustmaster wheel that's got like 90 degrees. Yeah. Or a Microsoft Sidewinder or something. And his, and his accelerator and brake and like the single axis stuff. You can't press them both at the same time and stuff. Um, <laughs> our, uh, our friend Jimmy Broadbent was in both of the races that yeah. won. And it seems to be in every single esports race uh, that's going on. But he did all right. He, he sort of, he's pretty uh, handy, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty quick. Clearly the, the most popular of... Uh, of everyone, I guess. Oh yeah, the chat was going going crazy for him. Like you know, also the Max, Max Verstappen. I I heard that um, Lando Norris was the highest streamed person on Twitch 
on yeah. Sunday. So that I don't was... know if that's verified or not. Yeah, no, no, it was. He had like seventy k yeah. concurrence on Twitch, which is the made him handily the sort of highest. Yeah, so that was the other one was uh, Veloce Esports, which is owned by is it John Eric Verne owns Veloce. Um, so they held a race in the F one twenty nineteen game um, at Melbourne, which was really nice. This was, I think, R Factor Two is clearly like the better game, but. Uh, and, and you know for the drivers it's it's the better experience I'm sure but as a spectator like F1 2019 just looks a lot better yeah and it was the actual circuit we, sh- we should have been racing on so I think of the two I kind of enjoyed the as a spectator I enjoyed the um, the not the Oz GP they called it um, that's, that's the one I didn't watch it was good <laughs> it's it worth having a crack to be honest because like I know that like nothing's going to quite scratch the same itch as mm. watching the actual Australian Grand Prix. Um but it's you you quickly get fooled knowing I mean obviously it's not real, but mm. like it is real yeah. ultimately. People are racing against each other and uh you know it's you can't help thinking but out of all the horrible things that are happening with all this virus stuff. Yeah. The esports are gonna especially around motorsport are gonna just it's, they're going to rise in popularity so fast. I think it's it, it's been, it works. Yeah, absolutely. I think the what's interesting is that like obviously racing esports, I've always been like I've always been interested, but I've also recognised that they've got kind of a limited potential to uh, be popular because they are so close to the to the real thing. Yeah. And now that the real thing literally has just ceased to be for the foreseeable future, it's suddenly that's to its benefit. And those the, the number of views they had for those two esports races on Sunday were astonishing. Like, hundreds of thousands of people tuning in to watch pretend pretend racing, basically. And I, I know they're going to do they're going to do more, like, this coming weekend for Bahrain, and I'm sure they'll do it throughout the season until until it stops. But um, I don't know. I don't know how if they'll manage to replicate that first that first weekend where a race was cancelled and they, they kind of got it together to, to produce these, these sort of esports races that, that got phenomenal viewership. It was astonishing. I think they, I mean, I think they can. I just think they're like, there's a few things they need to iron out. Like, I just found very basic things. Like, I, I found it really hard to change my helmet design in iRacing when I first played it and they clearly found it really hard to change the liveries in the cars in the uh, in the yeah, yeah. team because like, every, I yeah. could not tell who was who. It was really yeah. hard. I, and even the commentators couldn't. They'd like miss so much action. Mm. Um, like you saw Max Verstappen spin out in direct view of like everyone, and they just didn't—they didn't know because of well, like you just couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, that's a really but, good point too, because they were saying at some point the commentators didn't have the same feed that we had on screen. Yeah, and like, and even the not the Oz GP one, they didn't have instant replay. They they just couldn't do it. Yeah, and I noticed as well. Like one of the problems I find, like I mean, this is really like being nitpicky, but um, it's quite jarring compared to like real life racing in terms of the tv direction right because mm. in the not the os gp one they had to like actually scroll through the leaderboard like you would if you were watching an actual replay on a game yeah and so like they'd have to flip through car by car and it was a little bit i think some of it's to do with the fact that everyone was in like remote locations basically so like yeah. the commentators were in a different place from the tv director so on and so forth so like i think just because of the nature of the kind of coronavirus stuff they couldn't all be in the same place although like jack nichols and 
Jolly and Paolo were together and seemed to be sitting just in some random person's bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird. I think they're in, Martin, <laughs> I think they're in Martin's shed. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Martin. That actually just behind me. It, it just looks like you're in a sauna, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm in the sauna with David Valsecchi yeah. and uh, Jolly Palmer <laughs> just behind me. Just with towel. It's, it's a lovely yeah, scene. I could imagine, I, yeah. I bled out for obvious reasons. It's a, but, bit, it's a bit 18 plus. Um, they're filming intros to the Nürburgring future races. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the but like I'm looking like I'm. I think it's gonna. I don't. I don't think it's a one-off thing because of no racing's not coming back anytime soon. No, it really isn't. Um, and I'm I'm like looking forward to. The, there's another race this weekend, isn't there? I think they're doing Bahrain. Yeah, they're doing Bahrain. Um, um, they will be doing. I think on. I think it might be Friday night. They're doing some R Factor stuff again. Um, and Lando's confirmed for the uh, Bahrain race. And then they're also there's this game called Race Room. That you might have heard of, uh, eh? <laughs> eh? and they're doing a race on Sundays. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they're doing a race there, and obviously, obviously, we promised, Mike, we weren't <laughs> going to talk about race room. Um, obviously, you can talk about iRacing racing a bit later on, um, but uh, Jimmy Broadbent is in that race as well. So, any pretend race that is happening, Jimmy Broadbent's there. He's in there like swimwear. I- well, I, I actually wanted to add another race to the esports thing because I did actually watch the Replacements 100. Oh, uh, of course, the NASCAR one. How was that? Yeah. Well, so this was on, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about it, but it's a I heard it was happening, platform I called iRacing. Uh, um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar, but, you know, tell me more. And, uh, actually, um, through the field there, I mean, there's quite a lot more cars, right? Because it's like, they it did a full field, so it's like 40 yeah. or whatever. Um, and... I think most of the people in it were either, you know, some form of NASCAR driver of some, mm. you know, in one of the divisions. If not, the other, one of the guys that was doing really well for a while was, um, I'm guessing he was one of the logistics guys for one of the teams. So like, right. it was, it was just an interesting mix of NASCAR people. Yeah. And, um, but, and Dale Jr. was in it too. And a few yeah, other people yeah. that recently retired and stuff like that. But it was uncannily exactly the same as watching a NASCAR race because right. they still destroyed all their cars with impunity. Mm. <laughs> they seemed like there was no <laughs> regard for the costs associated with it. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, it's easy, and, uh, easy to forget uh, that iRacing's like, roots are in NASCAR, right? I mean, it was born out of NASCAR Racing 2003. So yeah. they that's the thing they get right more than anything else, I think, probably, is oval racing. Yeah, I mean, it... it, it and I think they've they've been doing the pro stuff like in some form or another for long enough where mm. even at that that was quite a hastily thrown together thing, but it it showed quite well in terms of the overlays and and things I've done in it before with like the DGFX stuff too. Like there's it's set up pretty well for the T V direction and Yeah, yeah, it looks I mean I saw brief clips and things, but it looks yeah, it looked incredible. But like you say, they're probably used to running that as a remote operation in a way that you know, Veloce aren't necessarily, and um, but the the thing is, in the, in the, such a wacky way. I mean, I'm sure this is because of like cash speaking volumes, but I guess NAS, NASCAR officially have signed up to do a series of esports events, but with NASCAR Heat. Yes, yeah, because that's their official game. Yeah, yeah, but like, 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, you know. I mean, it's, at least it's not race room. But yeah, it could be worse. It could <laughs> definitely be worse. Um, race room does the official ADAC GT Masters uh, esports. I'll have you know, it's it's a legitimate esports platform. God damn it! Um, I think so. I heard someone saying that one of the reasons that uh, some drivers weren't getting involved with the esports stuff and they want to is because of like people are looking at the commercial opportunities and they don't want their drivers to start taking place in it unless they can actually benefit from it like and get sponsors involved i know what you mean but they're also bored out of their minds like all of us are i mean we, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't all completely bored by being at home <laughs> so um i i think it's fine i, don't, I definitely don't think it's a threat to real motorsport like as soon as motorsport kicks off again i think it's gonna there'll be a kind of residual kind of high watermark type thing from just the amount of people who didn't know it existed before today um but it's still gonna you know as soon as the they fire up the real engines and stuff. It's gonna, it's gonna kind of go back down again and be suppressed. But how brilliant that we, yeah, but it's we've just, got something in the meantime, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna help it. And I hope, like, like a lot of people, uh, I just always, I think it's such a brilliant opportunity because of motor racing is very expensive and means like mm. kids from like less privileged backgrounds can't get involved in it. And not saying it's cheap doing sim racing, it's not at all. But it's a more viable way in for like kids from other backgrounds. And then. I love to get. I just love getting the bleed when like Igor Fraga just got signed up by Red uh, Bull. on Red yeah. Bull's F1 program, and so you have got Fraga like do, uh, go, going that way, and then you've got um, Max Verstappen and Lando Norris coming the other way. Yeah, I'd love it if those two things can coexist, and it means it just gives people opportunities. Get it just means more people get into motor racing, and yeah. more people can participate in it. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. Fraga's well, and if you sorry, mate, go. Uh, going to do what what uh, Jan Mardenborough hoped to do which is Fraga will get to F1 and he will probably end up as world champion he's that good like he's definitely no good. He, he's, he's, red, he's, he's Red Bull he will go to Alpha he will go to Alpha <laughs> yeah. get promoted when he does two, has two or three good races Hell, Marco will fire him yeah you're right okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, sorry like after you... getting the Red Bull <laughs> tattoo yeah <laughs> but no I, I think uh, I'm really hoping that something actually develops to the point where if there's enough publicity and it attracts enough of a different audience to regular Formula One, taking Formula One as the example here, mm. well, they all have esports teams. Yep. So if it became more of a staple of the weekend, just like GP2 is and things like that, mm. or maybe used as a way to keep some sort of relevance in the off-season, um, you know, what, I'm what, hoping that there's some benefit there. What I like about esports racing is it's racing that can happen on a Wednesday night. Um, yeah. regardless of the weather basically you know it's, it's or, or global pandemics yeah or global pandemics <laughs> but yeah, I mean yeah global pandemics is an extreme example but like it's racing that can't, can happen when other racing can't so times yeah. when you know I, I prefer it to not be on a weekend I prefer it to be on a Wednesday night so in the middle of the week I've got something racing to watch you know um, that won't conflict with all the racing I want to watch on the weekend Racing twenty four seven doesn't matter what time it is. It really doesn't. What yeah, day yeah, it is? True. I went racing all the time. <laughs> I'm really missing it. Like I don't know about you guys, but um, it got to the it got to the weekend last weekend. And I was like, huh, there's really uh, you know kind of building up to the start of the season, and you know we've had a few big races, you know, in this at the start of the year, like the uh, Daytona twenty four hours and the um, Dubai and a few Formula E races, which has been really good. Like Formula E's been brilliant as well. I'm really sad that that's on hold but um yeah it felt like the the proper season was about to kick off and just as it was about to kick off like all the entire shutdown sort of happened yeah so it definitely... and i was really looking forward to seeing how well the pink mercedes were gonna do oh yeah 
I they would I reckon they would have been on the podium. Really? I think yeah. I think there was the 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 language they were using in testing was mm. like strange, wasn't it? It was well, like everyone, and also everyone everyone who knew knew that that car was like it seemed to be like it seemed to be people who are much smarter than us. Uh, like you know, analyzing the times and kind of fuel loads and runs and everything was like yeah, that's <laughs> that's legit. Yeah. They they are hiding some serious pace. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Well, hopefully we'll get to see those those guys probably go for it later in the season um and also i know that like we talked about this last year but that that telltale 2019 nose of the mercedes could only have got better if you made it pink <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true i think we could never bring back the dong noses yeah. but god damn it we'll try beats um beats to be pitching the 2014 um spanish grand prix in a couple of weeks time is the thing to watch it would Honestly, when I was going through checking the the coverages that were on the app the other day, and it got to that year, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, what's happened?" I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that was a, but, yeah, it was a penis year." Yeah. Um, not sort of somewhat adjacent to esports racing, but something else that I've been filling my time with is the uh, the Lewis Hamilton DLC on GT Sport, and it makes me furious. And I'll tell you why it makes me furious because I'm not very good, obviously. Um, but I'm trying to beat the gold time around brands, which Pete has already done because he's an absolute asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, so he's done on a pad as well, which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you. Um, but uh, I, I, so I, I, my set an original time that was like a tenth off um, a few weeks ago, and then I picked it up the other night and was like, oh, I'll see if I can still do this. Um, and I improved my time, but I improved it, and I'm now. <laughs> I'm 0.058 seconds away from the gold time. And it's driving me completely bonkers. He's he's quick, and those are some quick times, but I'm just not quite good enough. Well, basically. so I'm just going to give you a little hint then, Mike. Don't do any of the other races on this, if right. that's going to bother you, because that happens every single time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think on the, on the full NURB, I was half a second off. Right. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't even know how, because it isn't a full Nürburgring, isn't that in, um, in, the, in, sa- the, in the C9? Mm. Yeah. Which is how, I, didn't, I don't even know how I could do, just do a lap in that without just crashing, screaming, yeah. running away and screaming it's, from my team. No, yeah, that, that happens. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but you've put in some serious hours, right, Pete? Tell me you've put in some serious hours. I need to know that you've put in some serious hours. Cause I'm, well, I'm, glad it doesn't, I'm glad it doesn't say how many attempts. But there are some, I mean, if you want to feel better about yourself. I do. I really do. do. Uh, have a back, have a crack at the uh, Interlagos one, right? Because that one's probably the easiest one, and you'll okay. really. I still, it's still really hard. I just still, I don't know. No, the, I, the don't know it, I don't know what I don't know what it is there. about the Interlagos one, but it is. It, it's. I mean, I, I don't think, I probably did that in like maybe, under ten attempts. Well, there's less of it, so there's less to screw up, I guess. Yeah, it is, it, it is a shorter lap, and I think there's just I don't know what it is about the the time goal. I think is. Is just a little bit more manageable. Maybe it's also to do with the. So I know we were talking a little bit before about like the assists and stuff you can turn on, mm. and and I think maybe it's a little bit more, you know, plays into the car a little bit more, so mm. it's not quite as uh, tricky. But the Mount Panorama one, yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> I was always quite good at Mount Panorama. Well, no, it's not. A, it's not a difficult time. Right, that's the thing with Mount. But it's but it's trying to thread that big ass of that mercedes mm. down, down down the mountain yeah. without banging it between the walls it's 
And then all you have to do is get that forest elbow corner just the tiniest bit wrong, and you might yeah, as well just yeah. turn the PlayStation. But it's a, it's, a, it's the same with thirties at brands, right? It's the left hander that goes onto the back straight. If you get that even slightly wrong, there's one line through it, and there's one breaking point, and you have to really like trail break all the way in and really feed off perfectly. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, your entire back section of that lap is just completely shot to bits. And then what happens is you restart, and then when you finally do get a good lap. You arrive at all those fast right-handers and you've forgotten how they are and where they go and, and what speed you should be doing and then you fly off into the gravel and die. What I, yeah, no easy, well, what no I found... There's no corner at all. Sorry, Martin, go ahead. That's right, there's just no easy corner at Brown Satch. I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. It's like it's such a challenge. Like, Do you reckon he did... Do you reckon Lewis did those laps? Yes, yeah, 100%. In Grand Turismo, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. No. So. Come on. I don't think... Have I you seen the so. videos? It's not even wearing proper shoes. <laughs> he doesn't need to. He's naturally. And, he's got natural ability. I, the reason, and he keeps saying like weirdly sexy stuff about it. Oh, I love this. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was a good one. That doesn't mean he didn't do it. It just means he gets weirdly aroused by. So it. look, I've got I've got his the little screen up now with the that with the races on it, and his racing face is not. That's not. Nothing about that's authentic. Well, I'm sure he so posed think, for like, the photos. Because that, if, that like, hey, if that was real, it'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think uh, you guys need to pull your finger out and actually do some more of these. Yeah, uh, well, I, I just want to get gold on brands and then I'll be happy because I've actually raced there and I want to get better at that circuit because I'm hoping I will eventually race there again. You um, know they have it on iRacing. You could try that. <laughs> I could, but is it in, is it in race room, Mike? It only the indie circuit. Just because that was the just because that was what they raced the DTM on that year when they put it in. Uh, oh, this whole thing's, been a, this my, whole thing's like, been a trap. <laughs> me, me and Pete sort of that beforehand. <laughs> we set this trap up intricately and been leading to this. The that whole is time. that is the one place I can't defend race room. Um, but um, yeah, I, it's it's great though. I, I feel like I learned a lot. I and mean, we were talking about this, Martin, when we had lunch at Lewis Hamilton's vegan burger restaurant. Um, but the uh, it's taught me so much about driving brands and, and, and really like getting trail braking right and, and kind of not braking too much and things like that. It's just, I, I feel like I if I got back in my Janetta and went to brands, I'd be a bit quicker just based on knowing how that that track flows now and it's, it is a great circuit like so, i think if i ever drove at brands i would i would destroy my car in that back section on the gp circuit. it is terrifying it is absolutely yeah. terrifying i've only ever done that grand prix loop once and it was in my dad's lease and it was just just before we did the track there's like oh, i'm the, i've had these tires on for like about four years yeah let's let's say goodbye to them by doing the track day round Brands Hatch when it's like slightly greasy oh, and you're surrounded by aerial atoms <laughs> which are just diving inside you. They do not care about their own overtake on the outside rule. But you, you scared uh, so, you basically scared yourself and you vowed never to go back to the GP circuit. But I think you should go back. I don't I, I won't even walk out there these days about <laughs> just yeah, I just just no don't don't take me to Westworld of all places. I have another question for you guys since well more for Martin because he's the one that knows these things. Um I so again, this is going back through the um, the database of Formula One races. Mm. <laughs> but when did they change the first chicane at Monza? Ninety uh, because ninety three. It was the old weird old one. school, wasn't it? Because I, 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 I don't. I don't think they changed it until. Um, I don't think they changed it until the late nineties, early noughties. 
Because mm. I'm trying to think, Hakkinen had his, Hakkinen had that crash when he thought he was going to lose a championship in 98 when he cried. When he cried and, in the woods, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was the old chicane still, wasn't it? Was it really? I don't, cause well, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. I was watching that coverage and I must have seen the races, but it, it just, it was like seeing something I'd never, like, I'd, it's a weird shape because when talking of it sort of goes back to the um, Gran Turismo DLC thing but do you remember when they added the Senna DLC to Gran Turismo 6 they had the old layout of Brands and they had the old layout of Monza and it had that that left right did it really type thing yeah Um, it is weird though it feels strange oh now I'm pining for that 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 DLC that game you got the um, Senna's a three car, the route in there. Yes, right? yeah. The that route. was what was and that? What we did the uh, Goodwood Hill Good climbing. That thing. was so good. It was basically <laughs> flat everywhere, almost flat everywhere. Yeah, we spent. Uh, so Pete, uh, his brother, and I spent an entire afternoon just beating each other's times up the Goodwood Hill climbing. Senna's old like roll F three. This oh is God, sounded amazing. This is why racing sims are amazing and brilliant because you can just do stuff like that. For, for an entire afternoon and, and sort of chip away at each other's times. Anyway, talk. I need to bring the Goodwood circuit back for um for Gran Turismo Sport. That's, that was so good. The Goodwood Hill climb. Yeah, well, you've got Goodwood Goodwood race circuit. I just realised. I know Goodwood's Goodwood actually the proper circus in there. Um, that's a scary circuit as well. It's quick, isn't it? You take your. Have you driven you there? Have you driven there? No, yeah, It's that. Yeah, I've just taken your lease around there. Um, it's an incredible place. It's just because every, every well, I. I did not like maximise it at all because the corners are fast. There's not that much runoff. It's scary. It's yeah. proper old school. Yeah. I can't think of a worse circuit to go to the Goodwood Revival and drive like 1.5 million pounds worth of race car around. <laughs> like, give me, give me, like, I don't know, any, well, literally anywhere else, basically. Um, Snet- Just give Snetterton, me your car maybe. There's nowhere, all, nowhere around the cars around. Yeah, there's not a lot to hit at Snetterton, so I'd, I'd rather do it there. So, if you, why does it seem so much worse crashing into hay bales than just a barrier? I feel like it's so much more embarrassing hitting hay bales. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is. Yeah. Was it Chris Hoy who buried a Nissan GTR in the hay bales at Goodwood Hill Climb? Like properly sent it in, and just like had to dig himself out. Basically, pretty sure that was the case. Chris Hoy's good though. I mean, have you have you seen that documentary where he did the bomb? Yeah, yeah, he's handy. He's absolutely handy. incredible. Uh, mainly because the team boss is absolutely bonkers. Do you remember? It was like Algarve Racing or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was a weird... He's a character. Strange guy. Anyway, I think we should probably uh, wrap this up fairly soon. Cause we've been getting Wait, quite a there's on. one more thing we have to do. All right. So what? it was supposed to be the Bahrain Grand Prix this weekend, mm-hmm. right? So what are we going to watch instead? Well... Because Bahrain's a fairly recent fixture on the calendar. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, there's been some, there's 2014 was uh, was 2014 the um, Hamilton Rosberg ding dong ding dong when they were. Is that 2014. I, was, I can tell you because I've I was looking in my uh, database. So. Was that when we were were we at the WEC that morning? Was that the year we went to Silverstone? No, no, no. That because that's China's China's before Easter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Silverstone. Um, right. I want faster. I wonder what, are you, are sorry, you using I, or Bing? Are you yeah, using Bing again? That's two, why. Yeah, 2004 was the first Bahrain Was it? Oh, it was it 06 where where Rosberg had a really stunning performance in the Williams. Do you remember that? And that, and about, that yeah. Williams looked gorgeous as well. It was like dark blue with like white trim. But wait, before we just assume we're going to do Bahrain, we could because it's a fairly well, it's a newer track on the yeah. calendar. We Go could on. also pick one that isn't on the calendar anymore. Mm. 
Well, second race, second race of the season. So a classic second race of the season was obviously Malaysia for a while. Yep. Well, we just picked so. a, the last race of the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was the Australian Grand Prix. We'll work something out. Though, but so I wonder whether logic. we can find something that's kind of deserty and kind of arid. Maybe that's the theme. Um, Did we have any good races at the uh, Bud International Circuit? No. No. I <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of wanted to do the Indian Grand Prix, but fine. It um, it, looked, it was a great circuit to drive. Like I remember it being in the video games. I really enjoyed driving it, but for some reason we never got any, any good races. All I remember is Mark Webber stacking it. That's about all I can remember about that uh, that track. But um, yeah, really? Are you thinking of Valencia, not the one where he did a flip? No, no. When when he's in the, he was in championship contention, and then he uh, drove into a wall. <laughs> really, I do not remember that. Maybe it was a good race. How about we do the ninety five Pacific Grand Prix? All right. It's terrible. Is that, is that a, a Ida or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah Ida. Uh, it's, I've got, I, I, uh, I think the only the good thing about this is it had the, the Pacific team who were sort of uh, one of those, well, after Lotus had gone, yeah. after the Lotus had died, and all these teams kind of every now and then would kind of just buy the rights to put a Lotus badge on them. And one of the first teams to do that was Pacific. Um, I can't remember who drove for Pacific. But anyway, yeah. It's a bad race. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I th- if you look up on Google the um, the podium celebration, it looks like either a lot of champagne got sprayed or Flavio Briatore is just very sweaty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> totally soaked. All right. Well, something to look forward to next week. Um, thank you so much for listening, if you have been listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we will catch you on the next uh, Caution Period podcast. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>